0: And now please pray with me. On this holy night, O oh God, we pray that you would be with us so that we can once again hear your life-giving word. Amen. Well, here we are again at Christmas Eve, that most special night of the year. I hope you're together with friends and family or have a special meal or a special night planned for yourself. This is an important night. We all need nights like this where we set aside time and effort to make it truly special, truly memorable. And I'm sure this Christmas Eve, with everything going on around us, will be one that sticks in your memory more than others. This evening also gives us the opportunity to revisit one of the best known texts in the Bible, the birth story of Jesus that we find in the Gospel of Luke. Like you, I've heard this text so many times that I know each rhythm and inflection point of the words. I have fond memories of reading this text from the King James Bible while working at Memorial Church at Harvard. That large pulpit Bible dated back to the 1940s and its aged pages had notations in the margins from past readers on that very same night, stretching back decades. I can close my eyes and see the beautiful candlelit space adorned with crimson poinsettias. What are your memories of this text, of all those Christmas Eve services from long past? Because it's such a familiar text, it's it's an interesting exercise to read it through again Like a classic movie, you often notice new elements reading through a passage like this. Something strikes you that somehow you missed in earlier readings. For me, what kept jumping out this week were the remarkable series of contrasts that we find here. If there's one thing that gives structure to this passage, it is these contrasts, one thing set off against another. The passage opens with the grand pronouncement from Caesar Augustus, the emperor of Rome, the most powerful person in the world, The pronouncement commanded the whole world to take part in a census, undoubtedly for taxation purposes. Here is the Roman Empire exercising its great power over the productive labor of millions of people. And Luke the Evangelist uses grammar and style to emphasize the official nature of the decree. The translation of the King James Version captures the elevated nature of the language. Listen, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Immediately contrasting these lines of power and might is the tale of two insignificant people, Mary and Joseph, making their way from Nazareth and Galilee to Bethlehem, the city of David. The announcement of Jesus' birth is followed by the curious details emphasizing their low estate. They were presumably alone, without proper lodgings, and forced to use a feeding trough for animals as a crib for their newborn child. Mary, we can guess, gave birth without the assistance of a midwife, quite an ordeal for anyone, let alone a teenager after a long journey. What a contrast. Then we see the shepherds, those who are among the lowest of society. And these particular shepherds were the lowest of the lowest since they were stuck on the night shift with their smelly sheep. It is to these shepherds that the angel of the Lord appears along with the glory of the Lord, the earthly manifestation of the divine. Again, what a contrast. We see it again in the announcement to the shepherds. On the one hand, they hear, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This incredible statement is followed by Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. What a strange juxtaposition. We then get the multitude of the heavenly host, the heavenly armies, appearing to to emphasize how amazing this announcement really is. I'm trying to imagine what a proper analogy might be. How does one quantify the multitude of the heavenly host making an announcement? But then contrast that to the announcement delivered to Mary and Joseph. They don't get the angel of the heavenly host. They get a group of ragtag shepherds to bring the news. There were no angels near the manger. One after another, these stark contrasts. Earthly power and wealth against relative poverty and obscurity. Great announcements and flowery prose about a baby in a feeding trough. The whole multitude of the heavenly host talking to a bunch of sheep herders. The Son of God being proclaimed by some filthy teenagers. I Imagine these contrasts struck me so profoundly this year because of the surreal contrasts that we've been living through over the past nine months. The wealthiest Americans have been adding hundreds of billions of dollars to their already vast net worth, while millions are without work or even food. Some are healthy while millions are grieving the untimely deaths of loved ones. I look on social media and I see some people I know out partying and living life as though all was normal, while I sit in my dining room day after day, wondering how much longer this will last. We have memories of Christmas's past, with large gatherings of family and friends, and then our present reality of limited travel, small groups of people, and precautionary COVID testing. These contrasts make my head dizzy. In the biblical text, the contrasts are used to highlight where the message of the good news of Jesus appears. It appears to two insignificant people, to shepherds, in a manger. The message appears to those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, those who are struggling financially, those who are wrestling with depression or loneliness. These contrasts have a purpose. They show you who hears the message of Christmas. Normally, pointing this out might feel as though it excludes people. But this year, we all find ourselves living under the cloud of the virus and its effects. Some are suffering far more than others, but we all feel it. We know the anxiety, the fear, the exhaustion of it. The contrast between a normal Christmas and this one is hard to miss. And yet, in the world of biblical contrasts, God's message appears to those who need it. And on some level or another, we all need it this year. In that regard, this Christmas is far more like the first Christmas than any other in recent memory. In a world waiting for good news, needing good news, we find it in the manger. I hope this year the familiar story hits a little differently. It becomes more real. All of this speaks to one of the great messages of the gospel. The gospel, the good news, is about awakening to a contrast. The contrast is the world as we so often perceive it, and the world as God perceives it. When things are difficult, we perceive the world through the lens of our struggle, our pain, our frustration, and grief. Yet God sees the world through the lens of grace. God calls on us to see the moments of grace amidst the hardship. This is is central to the whole Christian message and embodied in our text this evening. Where the world sees two insignificant people, in Mary and Joseph, God sees them as the vessels of good news. Where the world sees the lowliness of the manger and scoffs, God sees the manger as the cradle of love poured out for all. Where the world disregards shepherds as downtrodden or forgotten, God sees them as the first evangelists. This night, above all nights, we are here to listen to that proclamation of God that the world has been changed through the coming of a little child. What you thought was the case about the world is no longer the case. The world might seem cold and unforgiving, with a powerful win. But in response, God gives us a powerless child. The child is the embodiment of love incarnate. Love is here. Love does win out. God is present in a real way in the world. Look around you. The darkness of the world right now is not the way of things. You have those around you you care about and who love you. Celebrate that. You have those around you. You have, so, you have around you so much to be thankful for. Give God praise for that. You do have beauty, even in the midst of the winter, on the longest nights of the year. Hold on to that. Remember that contrast and where God stands in the midst of it, because that is the message for tonight. In the book of Deuteronomy, we hear, I call on heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. We have contrasting views of looking at the world. Contrasts that are as stark in the world today as they are in our passage from Luke. Choose life on this night. Choose the miracle in the manger and let it enter your heart so that through you, God's light might brighten the world.